With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Welcome to the Jill on Money show. It is Sunday, May 8th. It's Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to my mother. Happy Mother's Day to my sister, even though she's not my mother, but you know, and to anyone else who's celebrating. So have a great day. And today, in honor maybe of Mother's Day, we have a mother who's joining us on the air as a guest. Her name is Anne Mukherjee. She is the chairman and CEO of the second largest spirits company in the world, Pernod Ricard, which is fun to say, Mark, if you're going to France soon, you can kind of check that out, see how you do. In this part of our interview, we're going to talk about employee retention and really what's going on post-pandemic and entering this next era. So here is the second part of our interview with Anne Mukherjee. If you were looking at the, the business in the past and how we come into this era and, you know, with a different kind of a workforce. I'm wondering if you, like many other large employers, whether you're having a hard time attracting and retaining new people amid a labor market that's really constrained and not not the least of which one of the big reasons, because we just don't have as much immigration into the country, let alone a million other COVID factors. So how's the workforce going for you? I think uh, we are in the same situation as a lot of other companies. I think this is a national phenomenon. Let me tell you what I think is really behind the great resignation. I think, you know, Europeans a long time ago figured out that you, you know, you work to live. American has this work ethic that we were basically, you know, living to work. And I think Americans through the pandemic have now figured out you don't have to do that. You can now work on your own terms. And I think people are kind of in a transition to figure out what does work really mean? How is it purposeful in my life? And I think that is really what is going on right now. We actually, at Pernod Ricard, we we just don't do exit interviews. We do entry interviews. We try to figure out why are you coming? A lot of the feedback that we've been given is we're coming because of how you're standing up for responsibility. We're coming in because we kind of buy into your values. And so... I think as leaders and as as companies, it's now time for you to decide who you are as a company. Mm -hmm. Because your people, whether they're coming into the company or they're in your company today, they're evaluating you. And so it is a time for people to really think long and hard. What's your true north beyond profit? So um, when you think about growing the business, you can grow organically. Is there also acquisitions in your future? I mean, this is an interesting business. Okay, so I'm just coming out of the closet right now. I am a spirits drinker. I mean, I like the sort of standard bearing brands of the of the single malt scotch. But, you know, every time I go to a restaurant, there's 
some small batch, interesting bourbon, do, 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 do. Here's a small. So what is the role of those smaller companies? Do you see acquiring those as the as a smart way to get bigger or not? Do you need to create your own? The answer is yes, 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 yes. And yes. Um, If you manage a portfolio, you have to manage the big brands that people love. And here's the thing that people forget about human beings. Human beings don't drink because they're a woman or a man or they're old or they're young. You drink based on occasion. You know, you're having a celebration, you can drink some champagne, right? Friday night, date night with my husband is a dirty martini made with absolute. So it's the occasion that drives what you drink. So if you want to have a really good portfolio that works, you want to make sure you have the right brand for every occasion and that you as a consumer choose our brands for all those occasions. It's as simple as that. So we have the large brands and we have the small brands. I'll give you an example, acquisitions. Our American whiskey portfolio is amazing. And it came I'd like to I'd like to participate in that someday. <laughs> I would like Listen, to be your test case. I will be a beta tester for you anytime you'd like. You let me know because I can set that up. But <laughs> let, let me give you two examples. We've got this beautiful bourbon out of Kentucky called Rabbit Hole. It's on the luxury end of bourbon, right? It's something, you know, you might want to, you know, treat yourself to. On the other hand, we have another bourbon called Jefferson's. And that one's an adventure because that's actually matured on the ocean. So we literally put it in barrels, put it on a, on a ship, and it goes around the world five times. And it ages through the sea. And it's an incredible experience. So people want discovery brands, and then they also want brands they trust. Right. And if you have a good portfolio, you got both. Oh, yeah, I've had that, Jefferson. It's very interesting to me. Someone gave it to me for my birthday, and I was oh. like, oh, this is nice. I want to talk a little bit also, so that's the growth part. Uh, again, I will just come out and tell you that the whole idea of a spiked seltzer is revolting to me. <laughs> but I know it's very popular. I know the, the kids like it. Um, but I do like the idea of a canned cocktail. I saw this mm-hmm. first, I believe, I think it was in London some years ago. My girlfriend was living in London and working there. And I was like, there's a gin and tonic in a can in the grocery store. This is the best country ever. So um, talk about that part of the business. Some of these, I don't know if I, what I'm going to call it. I'm just the spike seltzers, the canned cocktails. What is that type? I almost feel like it's sort of like the novelty part of the business, maybe. It is. And let me tell you, it is the part of the business that is skyrocketing in growth, right? So what we first saw the trend was, was what we call hard seltzers. They were malted beverages that a lot of, you know, kind of 25-year-olds, et cetera, when you went to football games, that's what they were drinking, right? They weren't drinking the beer. They were drinking these kind of what we call hard seltzers. The problem with hard seltzers is uh, they're not that tasty, right? (laughs) So then what we heard was that people really wanted to drink that way because it was convenient, it was portion controlled, it was lower ABV, and it was lower calories, right? So that was what they called conscious drinking, right? Mm. But then they said, but we want it to taste good. So what is now skyrocketing, the shift is moving from hard seltzers to cocktail ready to drink. And so to your point, a Paloma in a can, an espresso martini in a can, we've got three absolute Malibu, like a pina colada in a can. And now we've got Jameson and Jameson's ginger. And it is, it's so refreshing. It's amazing. The other interesting thing is not just does it taste good, younger consumers, you know, in that, you know, legal drinking age, and they're now coming into the category. 
it gives them a really approachable way to understand these spirits brands, right? So it's a wonderful, very um, responsible way of drinking. And I'm glad that that's increasing because it gives portion control and convenience and the right way to drink. How has the actual inflation story impacted your business right now? Pretty dramatically, like a lot of other industries and categories. Um, what a lot of people forget about alcohol is it's actually one of the most natural products there is out there because it comes from terroir, mm-hmm. whether it's grapes or whether it's wheat, whether it's, I mean, it starts with, you know, the climate. So there's climate change issues that are going on. There are input costs, whether it's glass, whether it's, you know, aluminum. And then, of course, there's the whole issue around transportation and freight costs, et cetera. So it is a massive kind of across the supply chain issue. And what we're trying to work through is, you know, what is structural? What is variable? We've had to think outside of the box and think very differently about how we supply our business. And that's why, again, I think Pernod Ricard is amazing. It's it's a very entrepreneurial company. It's like a small, large company. Mm. And we've been able to come up with ways that have tried to alleviate the supply chain. And in this inflationary time, we also know uh, people's discretionary income is going to be challenged. So giving consumers variety of choice uh, across different price points, packaging, um, price pack architecture, you know, so... This is a time of incredible business innovation, and to be relevant um, is going to be critical moving forward. When you are looking at your portfolio, what is the part of it that is surprising to you? What surprises you about what has taken off and maybe what has not? You know, the thing that is unbelievable to me, and remember, I, I have sold potato chips, corn chips, toilet bowl cleaners, window, you name it, like glass cleaners, I've done it all, right? And in a lot of CPG categories, if you could extract one or two points of growth, you're doing backwards somersaults. Mm-hmm. Here, you've got a category that premiumization is inherent in the category. The growth that I'm seeing, and, and by the way, we are just at the tip of growth in this, in this industry. It needs to be modernized. There's a lot we can do, a lot of practices from CPG that have to extract growth that if you bring into the alcohol industry around data transparency, data fluidity between the tiers, there is a lot that we can do to even stimulate more growth because there is demand out there that consumers are not being fulfilled against. So for me, as a leader in this industry, bringing in diversity, bringing in data transparency. We still got a lot of growth to go after. Okay, that's it for the weekend. And we hope you have a great Mother's Day. And maybe to celebrate what you should do is send your mom something from the jillonmoney.com website, some fun articles, some great source of information, or maybe just go get my book. It's still there. The dumb thing smart people do with their money. Sign up for the free weekly newsletter. We would really appreciate that. And of course, um, not just on Mother's Day, but of course, every day you should do something nice for someone else today. But today, do something nice for your mom. Maybe it's a call. Maybe it's a text. Maybe it's going out. Whatever it is, do that. Focus on your mom. It's a good thing to do. Grit, growth, grace. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow. 